Welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and as I always say, it's great to have you here with us today. So I want to start off by saying thank you for the reviews on the podcast. I really do appreciate them. And those reviews, they help the algorithm put us in front of more salon owners, and that allows them to find us too. So we really appreciate you doing reviews. If you haven't yet left us a review, though, all you need to do is go to the Apple Podcast app, search Grow My Salon Business, scroll to the bottom of the page and leave us a review. It'll only take a couple of minutes, but we would be very appreciative of it. So with that said, on with today's show. Over the next few weeks, in fact, I did one I think last week, uh, I'm doing a series of podcasts that will be focusing on the various forms of online education in the world of hairdressing. And my guest on today's podcast is one such person. He is Dublin-based hairdresser, Paul Davey, who is also a salon owner and founder of Hairdressing Live, which is an online education platform and one of the first to make an impact in the space. So in today's podcast, what we're going to do is discuss what exactly is Hairdressing Live, what makes it different to other online platforms, and what Paul sees as the future of education and so much more. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Mr. Paul Davey from the Davey Davey Salon and Online Education Company, Hairdressing Live. Uh, thank you very much, Anthony. Uh, it's very, very nice to be here talking to you. Thank no, you for having me. Thank you no, very no, much for having me. I'm absolutely honoured um, to be here. I had yeah. some incredible guests on the show. Incredible guests. Thank you. Well, uh, likewise, in a way, I'm returning the favour in that I've been on Hairdressing Live and uh, you've had quite a lineup of people on there over the years as well, which we're, we're going to talk about. So what I like to do is to get my guests to effectively sort of introduce themselves by doing a, a two minute uh, backstory. So who is uh, Paul Davey? And then we can dive into the rest of the stuff. That's a very good question. I'm still trying to discover who Paul Davey is actually uh, throughout my life. But um, as in, in a nutshell, I've been in the industry now for 25, 26, actually 27 years, Anthony, 27 years. Um, I started when I was 17 years of age and in a little salon in Wales. I am from Wales. I'm from the UK originally. And I moved to Ireland 27 years ago and started with Tony and Guy. Um, I went on to have uh, multiple franchises with the company and sold up 12 years ago and opened up Davy Davy along with my brother Ian. So I'm a co-founder of Davy Davy with my brother. And um, I also have the online platform. I believe it's six years, um, just a little over six years, seven years maybe, um, okay. when it first started off. And uh, I also have written a book it's like more of a workbook called elements education and it's realistically came about when i wanted to install an education structure into my own salon so it's basically been a birth child from that right. and um yeah and we've also got the video collection to support all the learning from the book as well so mm. that's me in a nutshell Okay, well, we will we will dig into that. I do want to ask you about uh, your salon background as well as the uh, education side of things, but I just want to throw you a bit of a curveball. I forgot you were originally from Wales. I just wanted to ask you if you've been watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham with with Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Have you watched you it? You know what? I haven't. I oh. haven't, and I, and I tell you, and I tell you why I haven't. Um, I really do want to watch it, and many people have told me to tune into that because it's a remarkable business story. Really, it's an yeah. amazing uh, achievement what they've done, and uh, yeah. you know, turned it on its head. And I think they've got um, some incredible sponsors on board. But I have no TV. I've had no TV for a long time. I got rid of my TV. I have I have Netflix, and I have. 
a YouTube, and that's about it. That's all I watch, actually. Okay. So I got rid of it all for distractions, actually. That was more to do with distractions. Right. Okay. Well, listen, mm. It's uh, if you get a chance to watch it, not just you, but all I, our I listeners as well, it's called Welcome to Wrexham. It's with Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, who are... Uh, the owners of this little football club called Wrexham, and it's in Wales, and many people haven't even heard of Wales, let alone Wrexham. So it's it's a great it's a great rags to riches sort of story, and uh, and Ryan Reynolds and and Rob McElhenney are fantastic yeah. in it. Uh, but it's a great, as you said, it's a great business story, but it's also yeah because it's great marketing, but it's just a great story about community mm. if, you, if you want me to sum it up it's like the strength of community and and passion and it's really it you know it's a good one so uh where are we going to start the the salon so yeah. you know you talked about you know your time with tony and guy uh having franchises all that sort of stuff then you decided that you'd open up your own salon are you are you still on the floor behind the chairs Absolutely, yeah. I'm behind the chair almost four days a week, three to four oh, days okay. a week. Right. I'm I'm pretty active. Um, yeah. I work consecutively. I'm very much. Um, I like work. I'm not frightened of it. Um, mm. I've always had that mindset to keep myself focused and everything. But um, I truly believe my, you know, even going into business and that, really learning my way i mean i'm very creative and i love the creative outlet but i'm kind of torn because i'm very i like the creativity but i'm also very highly uh, invested in the business side of things as well mm. which mm. is kind of a game of tug and war so i'm kind of dabbing you know stepping in and stepping out yeah but um tony and guy was somewhere that really i mean i was 22 owning my first salon with them um i was very young i was very ambitious i was very um, courageous at that time because you're taking a level of investment um with a, a number of zeros behind it was quite daunting but mm. at the time because you're quite young and courageous you kind of work your way through it and i always knew i could actually just work my backside off but i i could always work very hard to pay off that that loan i knew what we could do and knew what we could achieve and with the support from tony and guy at the time was um remarkable i learned hugely from um my peer group and um, people that were older than me that were established a lot more i almost put that down as my college years you know mm -hmm. i I love talking to people. I love communicating. I love sharing ideas. That is why I guess podcasts are so popular for people because we get to learn so much from different conversations that go on. Um, people who are like a little bit more closed door um, don't open up the opportunities in the world. And I believe in opening up yourself in order to let the world in, to, to create more opportunities in, in the world. And I truly believe um, during those years, I learned a lot. I learned what not to do, what to do, um, and what was successful and what wasn't successful. Um, like I said, it was all my university years in business, but I, I sometimes believe in um, the, you know, uh, if you think about business too much and you can go to college, you can go to university, and I, and I applaud people that do do that, but there's no better learning than actually getting to do something. Yeah, business is a great educator, isn't it? It will teach you a lot about yourself, about other people, about life, and you're and you're forced to learn a lot about money and marketing and team building and leadership. And it's like most people are completely unprepared for that going to happen. Before we were recording, you mm -hmm. started a conversation about the value of work. And your work ethic. I, I, I generally believe there's multiple different um, people in the world that like to work hard. They don't like to work hard. Or people just, you know, um, mm. want to put in a minimum amount of effort for, um, you know, uh, for a little bit of output, right? So I think I, I always had that upbringing with my parents, work hard, um, um, that really strong work ethic, um, and. I, I sometimes, I, I hear more conversations about work-life balance and I completely applaud that. But there's, there's also, um, 
you know, we're very impressionable upon other people. And that, that narrative is being created more and more and more about working less, wanting more money. Um, I mean, the more you work less and the more money you want, businesses can't operate that way, right? So what's the future for business? Um, so sometimes I kind of look at that and go, you know, we still need to work hard, um, either raise our prices a lot more, um, work hard. But when you work hard, the harder you work, you get a better return for your value, right? Mm. Um, so if I, I guess my message is this, is that you're, you know, the more you put in, the more you get out. So if you want to work less, it has a different result. So you can't ask for something or expect something, um, the quality of life, um, if you don't want to put in the time. And there's room for everybody, Anthony. I'm not saying it's a, mm. s- a specific generation because I knew I worked with people before years ago. They, 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 they yeah. wanted to, you know, maybe work two or three days a week and that was yeah. fine by them and that's fine. But I guess my, my view is that we are very impressionable upon other people and that message. I want to get the message out there that, that I, I like working hard. I like investing my time because mm. I know I'm not always going to be able to do it, Anthony. You know, I'm going to reach an age where I kind of want to maybe slow down a little bit more. But I am very enthusiastic. I'm very ambitious. I'm very courageous in my approach sometimes in doing things. Um, and I think that has a, a level of return of investment. You know, mm. what I have, I'm very proud of. You know, and I think if you look at somebody having something, um, you've got to reverse engineer what they've achieved and how they've achieved it. Mm. And a lot of time, like even sports people, the investment of their time to get to where they have achieved. I was listening to Gary Neville. He talked about his family one time and he was saying his, his, his partner used to say to him, you know, be, be more present, be more present. But his mind was always like thinking about the next thing, next thing in business and in sports. I mean, mm. he's, he's a businessman now. And I, I'm kind of like that as well. I'm always thinking about the next thing, next thing. Although I do. I mean, I have two children, two precious children, and I have my partner and I enjoy every moment I share with them. Um, but I, I always believe that I want to show them as well that, you know, working hard has a level of um you can be proud about that yeah you yeah, know I, I i totally agree and i think that, that one of the good things it's partly covid but i think it was happening before covid in that there was a a way of thinking that it wasn't just about this new generation gen z it was partly them that were really questioning this you use the word work-life balance i've heard a lot yeah. of people talk about it lately as being i don't believe in work-life balance it's more about work-life integration and i think mm. Mm, that's interesting so, you know yeah. how the two sort of coincide and i i mean i like the fact that this generation i've got two kids in that generation as well and they question everything that's come before and mm. so they should because we questioned everything that came before as well and so we mm. should as well and and so a lot of people will look at them and go, well, they don't like working as hard. But I'm not going to say that necessarily, because I'm glad that you agreed that there's people in every generation that never particularly liked working hard. I like working hard. I love work. You know, I, yeah. I, love, I don't apologize for it. I absolutely love working. And, and I'm very ambitious, too. And I think that having ambition is a real gift, to, regardless of what generation you're in. Absolutely. It's such a gift because there's, there's a lot of young people that don't have ambition that they might have the mm-hmm. right education, the right family, the right opportunities. But if they don't have any ambition, then where are they going to, how are exactly. they going to evolve? Yeah. And I, I, I kind of go, you know, if, uh, if we're cultivating new people coming into the industry, working less, less hours, we, we don't have the data on that at the moment. Yeah. What does that look like in 10, 20 years down the line mm. um, where we're, we're, we're a little bit more, you know, a, a softer approach to work. I mean, that's well and good if their salary is able to sustain the rising costs of rent, the rising costs of houses. I mean, how are you supposed to survive that way if you yeah. don't have like a, a work, um, a, you know, strong work ethic? I mean, I, I think in this generation now, we have to work harder than we've ever had to work. You know, we have to make money. So I guess my, my point is, it's just a question mark over that. I mean, 
please show me, you know, another way of doing things. But what I know and what I'm very familiar with is by working hard in order to, you know, um, make money to pay for all my bills and have a life that I like to live. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Okay. That, that is my point, you know? Yeah, really? no, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. Um, yeah. Okay. So part of that is you're a salon owner. How many salons do you have now? Cause I know when I last spoke to you, you had two, um, but there was a situation going on with one of them. Do you just want to give me an update on that? Yeah, well, we did have two. Um, we had two lovely salons located in the center of Dublin city center and really, really nice salons. And we underwent a little issue where, um, we got flooded. Uh, there was an issue with the road. Something happened with works on the road and it flooded the back the basement of the salon. I mean, this went on for six and a half years. Um, but in short, um, everybody turned their back, the council, Irish Water, and then the landlord, everybody turned their back. So we ended up with a situation where we had no shop, we had no location. So we had to move everybody to our second location. And um, hopefully, we were very hopeful that this could be rectified within a month, two months. And it went on for six and a half years. So we have recently, just recently, successfully won that case. So oh, I'm, I'm very good. thankful for that. Um, but we, in the in the interim, we've actually lost the location um, because mm. of the way everything actually transpired. And with the legal pursuit, it just it, it had to conclude as losing the location, right. unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got one sell on there. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, what, what that left me with there, Anthony, was basically, I mean, we were in a situation um, of growing Davy Davy, and I don't know if anybody else has gone through the similar sort of thing. I mean, they could share the same story, but um, we absolutely stopped our growth because we had this pending in the background. We didn't know which way it was going. So we, we, we were kind of very much in the mindset of, we're going to go back, we're going to go back and then grow the business. Mm. So it was in the mindset that we were going to go back there, maybe in, um, it, you know, work on two locations to build them up as a salon group. Um, but it's, it froze everything that we did for six and a half years. Mm. So, you know, our, our business mindset changes in six and a half years as well. Do you sure. know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything's changed in the last six everything's and a half years. Everything's changed. Yeah. Exactly. What do you wish? I know you had a, a segue into salon ownership via a mm -hmm. franchise operation where there was a lot of support, et cetera. But what do you wish you'd known before you'd opened a salon? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I, I personally think, don't take me the wrong way here. I think sometimes um, the less you know, <laughs> um, the better, the better <laughs> right? Because if you knew what you had to go through, you yeah. sometimes wouldn't do it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I sometimes think, you know, the pessimism of the intellect, the more intellectual you are about things, the more pessimistic mm. you are to do something, right? So mm. I'm not saying I was wasn't intelligent enough to go into it. but it's basically when you go into those things if you don't know everything and you work your way through each you know i mean i do believe i have a, a life learning um uh, way of thinking is that little incremental improvements yeah. compounded over time do you know if you if you had to know everything about business mm. you'd possibly Before go you through your whole life yeah yeah sure yeah getting ready yeah sometimes get ready it, it's like that old expression uh instead of ready aim fire a lot of mm -hmm. people go ready aim 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 <laughs> aim aim and they never actually pull the trigger so yeah i get it i get it okay let's talk about hairdressing live which is uh you know the main sort of focus of, of what we're going to talk about today mm -hmm. what exactly is hairdressing live for those people who haven't heard of it and don't know anything about it Okay, hairdressing live originated. I mean, I mean, it really it came from the fact that we were doing lots of presentations, and we were doing lots of teaching at the time. And I, I, I used to talk. I mean, your, your hairdressing salon is an amazing place to talk to lots of people. Lots of different industries come through your seat, and you get to mm. network with so many different people. 
And I know, I, I knew that there was lots of different industries communicating across the world and delivering either team meetings. Um, and I used to think to myself, we are doing lots of presentations. Why can't we do um, share our information worldwide? That's where it kind of originated. And then I started searching for things online to see if, if there was anything out there. There wasn't really anything there. I think at the time there was um, my hairdresser. I think my hairdresser was there, okay. um, pre-recorded, and there was no live classes for hairdressing. So that's where we started. So how, how long ago when, was this? Um, it was seven years, November it was. Okay. So it was in January we kind of released and mm. started in January. Um, now, having said that, when when you have an idea, um, Anthony, you know that everybody has ideas. Everybody has lots of ideas. Pub talk ideas. You know, I've got a great idea. I'm not going to share this with you, whatever. Mm, mm. But it's the process that brings an idea to life. Mm. Now, with anything you do, even business, I've w always wanted to run a business. I've always wanted to run a business, you know, and people always say that. And it's the process that scares people. So the process behind this was actually quite grueling. Lots of jumping over 10-foot um, walls. And we continue to hit obstacles along the way. I mean, as the website has evolved, we've hit another obstacle. So I may come to that in a few moments. But uh, it took a long time for me to get choose the right softwares to to um, build the website. And we had to get like three different plugins. It was a payment processor. We had the, mm. the live stream, and then we had to build the website around that. So it was almost like getting three different languages to speak to each other. You don't realize all these things. And as a hairdresser, I'm a creative, you know, a bit, you know, like love mm. business as well. But you, there was a lot of work which was involved in the back end to make that work. Yep. Um, and yeah, and ever, ever since we released it, we launched it, um, we have been able to, I can only be so thankful to everybody that's got on board, including yourself, um, to share knowledge and share knowledge in such a way that we wanted to create an umbrella, a, a place where it wasn't just about Paul Davies' education. It wasn't just about Anthony Whitaker. It wasn't just about, you know, lots of different individual head. It was about bringing, uh, you know, sharing multiple different inspirations and multiple ideas and sharing it under one roof, if, if that made sense. So mm. sharing lots of different um, backgrounds, different, you know, shining light on some hairdressers that may, you may never get to see, you know, in the session world that they don't do education. They don't really, you know, come to do presentations in salons. They don't, you don't get to see that, you know, a lot of the time. So it was, it was to shine light on those people as well as obviously service our audience with, you know, day-to-day -day education, you know, your sort of your basic, you know, highlighting your one length haircuts, your, you know, your salon friendly cuts as well as your inspirational. Right. And, and so it's all online and it's all it's, online. It's haircut, colors, session work, and even a business component to it, yeah? As, and a business component. So we, we cover everything on there, really, yeah. Okay. So it's, um, yeah, it's to show, yeah, exactly that. Right. You know? So I guess, I mean, I was going to ask you what, what makes Hairdressing Live different to the competition. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose that's part of the answer is what you just told us. Is it a library of pre-recorded content or is it called Hairdressing Live for a reason because it's live streaming and people can join a class? How does that yeah. work? Exactly. It was it was called Hairdressing Live because we wanted it to be live. And obviously, every um, class that we record is live. It was live anyway up until just recently. Um, but we have filmed because because COVID happened, it was very difficult to kind of operate. It kind of stopped our growth because we had lots of people booked throughout that year um, and we had to stop traveling and so on and so forth. So we had to rethink our model. Um, but Hairdressing Live really started, the origin of it, of it all was to um, invite people to a live audience where they could ask questions. And it was you know, very authentic that way. It wasn't going to be hidden behind a pre-edited environment. Um, and at the time, it was very current. It was very current to um, 
be very raw and authentic that way in a live environment. As the business has continued, um, it becomes more polished, a little bit more polished, and it becomes a little bit more edited for the viewing um, attention span. So some classes, as you know yourself, can go on for like maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Um, we did film one class, which was like six hours long, um, but that was multiple different um, segments, if you like. But we did film it from start to finish um, and we had a live audience and we used to have live audiences. So it was quite authentic and quite raw that way. But like I said, as our viewer has changed over the years, um, they want something a little bit more streamlined, a bit more um, uh, cut down a cut down version so it's easier to digest and easier to watch. So it has become more polished and we've had to pivot, we've had to evolve and we're continuously evolving that way, you know? Okay. So it, 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 and, and that is one of the main reasons why we've gone from live to pre-recorded almost, but you're still getting that live environment. That person still introduces themselves and you're still getting all that, you know, the talking, the, um, like sometimes we have audiences there. So when they're prompting questions, they're encouraging people to ask questions. Got it. Okay. And so how do people access it? Is it a, you know, subscription based thing, a monthly membership thing, or do they pay a lump sum? I mean, how does that work? Um, so how, how it has transpired is, We've, like, like I says, in, in business, you're always kind of pivoting, right? Up until just recently, you could buy the individual class, but we've now changed it into a um, subscription model. So you gain access to, um, it's 25 euro per month, and you gain access to the full library of content. And that's how we've operated. But beforehand, you were able to zone in and like Paul Davy, you can buy one of Paul Davy's class for, you know, 15, 20 euro. You can buy individual um, classes. But why we had to change that was, I mean, I, and I share this with you because this interests me and I, I you know, and hope, hopefully it interests other people. When you're in business, and I don't want to sort of sugarcoat it, you're always faced with so many different hurdles. And with our payment processor, our payment processor changed overnight. They were moving forward. They were changing their sort of back-end um, uh, programs and their packages all changed and they wanted to move everybody up. And, you know, so realistically what happened to us, we, we overnight, they, you know, changed our business basically. Mm -hmm. And we had to rethink what we had to do. So we had to change the payment processor. So if you can imagine of years of work, building uh, a, a program, building a website and the back end, and then we're having to pivot again. Um, you know, we're no different to many businesses that way. Um, so our we've changed now in um, and we've reconstructed. So we're almost like working with two different websites, if you like. Yeah. So we've yeah. got the new website where everybody, knew, the new or the new customers go and visit. And then we've also got the old website there as well, sitting okay. in the back end. And you mentioned uh, earlier on, you said something about elements. Um, mm. You told me a little bit about it. And again, I thought, just hold off with that and, until we can, you know, talk in detail about it. So t t how does elements fit in to hairdressing live? Yeah, um, very, very good. So there was, it was very much thought out in regards to like, you know, from our customer base, from our um, client base, um, asking about basic um, techniques or your fundamental techniques from start to finish. I mean, hairdressing live was very much an inspirational tool or trend orientated of the moment in time, you know, mm. um, throughout the decades, we, we go through different trends. And so it's quite trend orientated. Um, but there was no integration of how do I um, like the building blocks to becoming a hairstylist? And almost like what I was saying, you know, in incremental improvements compounded over time to become a hairstylist. Mm. I don't think we talk about this enough. I mean, I, 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 when I was creating elements was, you know, I wrote a book and I did a step by step, but each book, every you know, if I take hair cutting, for instance, you know, you start with a one length haircut. You do maybe a few layers through the front. Mm. 
mm. right? The incremental little things rather than, I truly believe sometimes that people want to jump to the balayage. They want to jump to the, I mean, the shag haircut now, the the wolf haircut. They, they, they're very much attracted by that. But to get there, you need to learn the basics. So I, I'm talking about breaking this down as in building blocks in order to help you become comfortable rather than overwhelming you with one haircut and going, oh, my God, I, I, I've learned that haircut. But what this really does to you when you learn that way, it really builds your confidence and it builds your trust in haircutting. Um, which allows us as fashion changes, trends evolve, right? Fashion changes, trends evolve. But when you get taught in such a way that it's building blocks, it allows us to navigate and um, adapt our way through trends in a comfortable way, right? So, you know, new trends emerge. And when you have the background of your education, which allows you those building blocks, um, you're able to have longevity in your career yeah. rather than it's almost mm. like a sugar rush, um, mm. that sugar rush mentality. I, I, I get high for one moment. I learn that one thing. I can do that very well. And then a new trend emerges. God, I, you know, I'm panicking and I get mm. overwhelmed. I'm getting anxious because I don't know what's coming through that door. I truly believe, you know, coming through that door as in, I don't know what a client's going to ask for me to with me next, right? Yeah. I don't know whether they're going to ask for like a balayage or whether they're going to ask me for another wolf cut or then a journalist actually creates a new haircut and you have to adapt your way around that. I, I truly believe in the fundamentals of building blocks to becoming uh, a successful behind the chest stylist. So, that is what Elements is predicated on. Mm. It's there installed in the, into Hairdressing Live as a from start to finish. So it is, uh, as, it is part of Hairdressing Live, is it? It's part of Hairdressing Live, but it's not part of the subscription. Oh, right. Okay. It's yeah. an additional, it's additional cost. So it's a video it's, training thing, an additional video cost, train. part of Hairdressing Live, but it's very much about the fundamentals. Of, it's your fundamentals of yeah, hairdressing. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. So, and you get your book, you get like a 365 page book where you learn everything about theory mm. and all your, 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 wow. um, yeah. So it's all your theory subjects. Um, and it's written by a hairdresser. You, I mean, you hear, you hear this all the time, you know, written by a hairdresser made for hairdressers. I mean, I basically, I've written this book, um, and I, I did have a copywriter to rewrite it to make myself sound intelligent, <laughs> uh, but just to get rid of all the grammar mistakes and everything. But I've made it as colorful and engaging as possible. But I do, I do truly believe that they are your core elements, 100 years of hair fashion. You get to learn all about the, the history of hair and mm. how it's evolved over the years and the decades. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, you've got your hair follicle, you've got your color wheel, you've got everything within that uh, mm. book, which is, you know, which is... Uh, allows you the you know the knowledge and the confidence to basically stand behind the chair and be proud about your education be proud about what you've learned throughout this book and throughout the the video collection that you can stand there quite confidently and talk about you know this i i i say this in presentations a lot of clients come in and go you know paul tell me what's in trend right now what's in fashion right now mm -hmm. You know, and, and sometimes it's it's nice to understand where trends have been, which, lead, you know, because fashion designers look at the past to go into the future, right? Mm. So we are looking towards the past to go into the future. It's the same with hair. Like, you know, when, when, when you look throughout the decades over, over the years, you know, you start seeing like 90s trend right now, the 90s trend right now, you know, the jeans, the clothing, the, you know, the, the center part and the people are growing the hair out a little bit more. It's that very much that 90s culture. I'm starting to see the Rachel haircut come back into fashion again. Oh my God, that polluted our, our, um, our uh, hairdressing salons for many, many years. Polluted. I say polluted. I, I, I loved, I loved that haircut, but yeah, towards yeah. the end, it became a little bit, yeah. um, you know, and I start seeing the Meg Ryan shag haircut being very much a prominent inspiration of today's haircutting. So for me, it's understanding the past to go into the future. So for me, it's like you, 
you need to learn all these aspects of hairdressing, which allows you the confidence that you can, you know, reference these people mm. sat behind your chair. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's the difference between, and you've sort of said this, but I'm going to summarize it. You've said that it's the difference between learning a haircut or learning how to cut hair. And yeah, a lot of people learn a haircut. They haven't learned how to cut hair. So they're not very adaptable as trends change and evolve. And another thing you said, which I, I really want to uh, go back to, and you, you maybe even didn't consciously say it, you said, and a journalist invents a new haircut or something. And I was like, hang about, what, where's he going with that? So tell me what you meant by that. Uh, no, I, I always feel as a behind the chair stylist myself, you hear clients come in and they, they use different references that they've read. And I mean, yeah. I love the way journalists have a play on words because it, it's exciting and mm. inspires me, inspires yeah. our clientele. And it, and it sort of, it becomes like a reflux in fashion. It gives us a different look of a, of a fashion trend at that time. So I don't mean that in any negative form. I mean, mm. nowadays it's social media, social media you'll get people have a play on the words mm. you know like the bixie the bixie is a pixie but a bob a bob bixie you know and i love all these plays on words but you know mm. if you didn't know if you didn't know uh, the wording or you didn't know the the name it's it's exciting to hear new words and di different yeah, sorts of exactly um, yeah. but I, I i think you really need to understand like I, again it goes back to the core understanding of learning i mean creative hair Creative hair cutting is realistically a play on classic techniques. Mm. I mean, you would agree with that, would you, Anthony? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally, mean, totally. I mean, sometimes you'll read about it in a magazine or whatever, and really they're validating what you are already doing, but they've given mm. it a nice word, a name, a title, that, you, and you sort of think to yourself, I've been doing that for the last 12 months or whatever it is. With, with um, Hairdressing Live, where is your audience from? I mean, I know you, you're based in Dublin, but these days with an online platform, they can be anywhere. So, uh, you know, typically, where is your audience from? We have been viewed in 78 countries, it has on our dashboard, 78 Fabulous. countries, um, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I'm very, very honored to see that, but I mean, I think you'll can you share it with me when you have the data. You could you've got a lot, a lot of people like ones and twos in certain yeah. countries, yeah. But pre predominantly, our our viewers come from the UK, mm -hmm. Ireland. Ireland's a big big market for us as well. The UK is a massive market for us, and the US mm -hmm. and Australia. You know, it's mainly English speaking countries. Um, we, we haven't we haven't adapted our way through the different languages yet. But with AI, I think um, we're we're going to be able to do that a little bit more uh, comprehensively and easier. Yeah. We're going to be able to adapt through that um, transition a bit more comfortably, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I know that like anything, uh, it takes a team, you know, to, mm. to bring something to reality. And I know that like me, your wife, Philippa is very much involved in making hairdressing live happen a little bit like you know grow my salon business melinda is 100 percent involved in making everything happen and if she wasn't there i dare say it wouldn't happen uh but anyway with hairdressing live what's philippa's sort of overall role well she i mean i think in emails she's um she's the head of marketing <laughs> but uh she does a lot more than that you know, mm. she is the content creator, she uh, copywriter, she does um, the website editing, she's a web designer. Oh mm. my good God. I mean, yeah. we do have a team of people. We have um, people editing videos. We have people working back end doing SEOs. We've, mm. We have a team of people. We've got directors, we've got videographers, we've got um, photographers as well that work with us. You know, so, so Philippa really is um, coordinating the whole business back end. Yeah, I it. could not do it without her. I mean, yeah. she's actually currently not here with me today and we undergo some technical difficulties there when I was thinking, where, where is she right now? <laughs> because I really need her here. But yeah, she, she is very much one of those people who is very calm. I mean, she's a mother of my two children as well. Mm. And to have somebody like that calm um, aura about her is 
it's it's profound. It is absolutely mm. it's invaluable to me to have yeah, that. In, it's essential. In, in, yeah, it's very yeah. essential. Yeah, I mean, I I refer to Melinda as the chief everything officer, the CEO. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's pretty I, much it. I think I need to change her signature. Yeah, or ask her to change her signature. Yeah, you know? exactly. Okay, um, so. Just getting back to education for a minute, well, how do you see education evolving? I mean, as you've said, you know, Hairdressing Live has uh, has continually evolved and grown and, and they've added elements to the mix, etc. Where do you see not just it, meaning your product in five mm-hmm. years time, but how do you see education evolving? And obviously we, we, we have to, you know, talk about AI as being part of that because that's been a real game changer and you've already sort of touched on that but uh, mm. yeah, what are your thoughts about that um i constantly question my thought process in education um because you know the, the, this question does get um i ask myself these questions should i say so i do pose these questions myself how does it evolve uh hairdressing we had a, a great time throughout covid and be, be pre before covid um we were really climbing massively and a lot of people enjoy the luxury of having online education. Mm. Um, once COVID ended, a lot of people, we, we found a lot of people dropped off. So we, we've got data, we've got graphs, and I predicate my view on my data as well. Um, a lot of people wanted more in-salon education going into places. They wanted to really feel that connection with people a lot more. So academies um, would have been a lot busier. We found ourselves doing a lot more in-salon courses and courses that way um but i mean for me i think online education ha- definitely has a place it has a place because it has a huge value to people that don't have access they may live more remotely they more um, a lot of people have moved out of cities um so moving out of cities became more suburban living um they don't have access to maybe people that do do education maybe in cities that way um, so online education will definitely have a, a place um, for people. And, and I truly believe that online education can be um, cheaper, a cheaper resource, and people can still have the mm. finger on the pulse. Yeah. yeah. Um, in salon education costs a lot more money, and rightly so, because mm. you've, got, you've got venues, you've got to pay educators, you've got, um, you know, th- th- that's a completely different cost again. Um, and it's a whole day of somebody's time, you know. So I definitely think online education will definitely work simultaneously to academies in that situation. But I truly, I, I, I hope to believe that, you know, we don't lose sight of our industry, that it becomes like a sugar rush um, learning um, like because our attention spans getting narrower and narrower, that including myself, that we don't lose touch of learning our core aspects of hairdressing. Because then what happens with the overall standard of the industry, um, it's that it will lower. And I would hate that to see um, diminish, you know, and I think we still need to keep our core learning um, very much the forefront of the education structure. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds perfect. I mean, I agree with that too. That you know, we're we're very social beings, you know, hairdressers, and I think they need in an education context. You will always have both. You'll have that hybrid of that face to face, you know, sense of community that I touched on when I was even talking about Wrexham Football Club at the beginning. But that that sense of community is really important, I think, in our industry that people like to get together, but some of the other things that you touched on and obviously I'm in I'm in a different business but I'm in the same business and that I'm a digital you know educator as well primarily now not exclusively uh, but primarily and and there are so many advantages to it as you've just alluded to it's it it is more cost effective because it's a lot more expensive to mm. to go out into someone else's location etc and and then the other advantages as I was as you were talking I was writing them down is that for both your business and my business it's mobile like, you know, someone can be sat waiting for the bus, watching a video on how to cut hair or listening to me talk about, you know, business. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's also, and I think this will have a big impact. It's more environmentally friendly. So instead it's of you or you the audience hopping on planes and flying everywhere, it's, well, it's more environmentally friendly. They can also repeat it. 
So you can watch that haircut again and again and again if it's on a, you know, a hairdressing live video. It's not a, a live demonstration that you see it once and you can't go back to it. Mm. Uh, and, you know, so and you can watch bite sized pieces, you know, so you can just do 20 minutes here and then you can come back and watch that 20 minutes again if you want. You don't have to sit there for the whole day watching Absolutely. A, a demonstration. Um, so, yeah, I think that online education is here to stay and it will only go from strength to strength. But I don't think it will ever replace and nor should it the the one to one human element. I think the two will complement each mm. other. And I think that'll that'll be good for everybody. I truly um, believe in what you've just said there. I mean, the only reason why I was referring to that, I, I noticed the drop off after COVID because everybody wanted to go back into yeah. that environment and wanted to travel a little mm. bit, maybe spend the trip away. But people had money there, people had cash, but you've got a lot of people where you don't realize is people mm. have children, people have additional costs, the cost of living's gone up a lot more. So to be able to be stay in tune, which nobody had available the availability of before now you can stay in tuned and have your finger on the pulse with mm. all this online education including yourself myself with all the all the, the presentations that we do do um and you can stay involved in the industry you know yeah. and that's a, that's a very very important part yeah you know yeah. and a cost no effective yeah. and more of a sustainable way as well yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, listen, we've got five minutes left. So I've got some quick fire quick questions for you. Um, okay. Really about your personal skills of success. So first one is, is what's your biggest strength? My biggest strength? Mm. I, do you know what, whether this is considered the strength, I would say my ambition. Mm -hmm. I, I have a strong ambition that yeah. that fuels a lot of my driving, my progress and my process. It, yeah. It really, you know. Yeah, I I used to gloss over that that word ambition, and I met someone recently who 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 doesn't have a lot of ambition, and, mm -hmm. and I I looked at this person and I I thought you know that's what's missing in your life you you don't have any ambition and I, ever since mm -hmm. then I've been on banging the drum about how important ambition is because you can have everything else but if you have no ambition you're going to go nowhere and it's important to yeah. to want to be to do to create to to have more uh, of whatever it's, it's to have a purpose isn't it yeah, the ambition exactly. you know yeah. surfaces the purpose i yeah. mean the purpose in life to go forward and exactly. you know that that yeah. becomes my purpose it just fuels it yeah exactly Keep going okay uh what drives you it's very much connected to me. the last question i suppose yeah um I, I'm always peeking around the corner. I'm curious. I'm curious to find out what's next, mm. you know, and, and obviously we don't know what's in front of us sometimes, but I'm very curious to find out mm. what's behind the curtain always. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always yeah. like driving forward. I mean, yeah. yes, I have visions. I have goals. Of course I do long-term mm. goals, but you know, I mean, what's my North star? I mean, mm. I have a North star. Once I still have my ambition to drive my purpose, I will get to my North star. Right. You okay. Know. So ambition and curiosity stood out as a really important component to that. Um, how do you, or what's the key to, to reinvention and staying relevant? Because mm -hmm. you've been in the industry, I think you said 27 years, so you're still a baby, but like, you know, you're always, you're always evolving and growing and, you know, pushing the envelope. What's the key to that? Well, I fortunately have been lucky enough to work with lots of different people, including yourself. I mean, in business, I, I listen to you. Um, I, I, I listen and see so many different hairdressers and that drives me as well. So I'm always mm. very curious to find out what they're doing and see their presentations. And it's very impressionable upon myself. But what keeps me relevant is the process. You know, lots of people will ask the question, you know, like they want to do a shoot, they want to do um, a new style, they want to do something that they haven't done before, but they're trying to picture what they want to do, mm. right? So there's a starting point and this is the end point. They're thinking about the end point, right? Mm. And I always, I always think this is a very good learning is that it stops people from getting there because they don't have the idea. But when you start the process, you start looking behind other things, you start mm. practicing, you start toying with hair in a mm. creative way. And then you create something that you didn't have the vision of before. So you start mm. creating things, you discover new things that you didn't know before. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so last two questions then. The first one is, what's the biggest lesson 
that you've learned in life. It doesn't have to be about business or hairdressing. Just if you were passing on to, you said you had a couple of kids, uh, and if they said to you, Dad, oh, what's, the, what's the most important lesson you've learned in life? How would you answer it in, in 30 seconds? <laughs> God. God, that's a very, very hard one, isn't it? You yeah, know? yeah. Without th- if, you don't, um, if you don't get the chance to think about it, I suppose it is, yeah. I mean, obviously, you just want the best for people, right? You just want the best mm-hmm. for people, enjoy life. But I, I think, you know, happiness doesn't come with, you know, just be happy, right? You, you, it mm-hmm. comes with lots of different disciplines. You know, uh, enjoy life, but work hard, be disciplined in what you do. Um, you know, turn up, be be focused, um, show up and turn up, do you know, like mentally, physically. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a, you know always be present and be the best that you can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. good. Okay. When things don't work out for you and as we both acknowledge, you know, it's a journey and business, you have challenges and frustrations, et cetera. How do you overcome adversity? What's the sort of short answer Mm. to that? For me, I mean, we're always greeted. uh, Well, sometimes can. I mean, adversity, you dig deep, Right. You know, it, 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 and there's a core um, ingredient in most of us that when faced with adversity, we really, really are able to let our our brain, our body really take action there. I think you have to trust the process and yeah. your body and your, your mindset. I mean, when we're faced with certain things, there's always a way. Think clearly, you know, for me personally, I, I've been hit with adversity over the years. Um, but I think if I've got a clear head, I can absolutely deal with anything. Yeah. Once I've you got a clear head. And navigate your way through it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. good. Okay. Um, what do you wish you were better at? Besides tech. <laughs> do, 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 do you know what? I'm going to say one thing here, which I'm, I'm trying to learn more of, yeah. is listening. I would love to listen better. Okay. okay. There we go. That's good. I, I found in education, I think there's bad listeners. And I, I sometimes come under that bracket. Do you know, even like bad listeners, even to your parents, your mum, your dad, you know, you, you've always have this thing about, of trying to give your opinion and try to give your um, um, the answer for them, but mm. sometimes they just want to be listened to. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Go on, yeah. tell me more. Yeah. And uh, mm. I think you have more value that way. But I think in education, for me to be a better listener, mm. to get to real understanding on how people, because ultimately, there's loads people learn differently, mm. and trying to really establish how that person is learning is important to me. That's a a really good point. Really good point. Okay. Well, look, um, we need to wrap up. Whereabouts can people connect with you on Instagram or any other social channels, website, whatever, where do you want to send them? Yeah, they can go to Paul Davy hair on on the the obvious one on Instagram. (laughs) You've got hairdressing live also on Instagram and Facebook. If you go to hairdressinglive.com, you can get to see all our um, video libraries, um, multiple different hairstylists and business speakers, business thinkers. um, And also you've got Elements Education available on there as well. So. Great. Okay. Well, I'll put those links on our website, growmysalonbusiness.com and in the show notes for today's podcast. Uh, so if you've been listening to this podcast with Paul Davey and have enjoyed it, then do me a favor, take a screenshot on your phone, share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on the Apple podcast app. So to wrap up, Paul Davey, thank you for being the guest on this week's episode of the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Anthony. Thank you very much. It's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.